Welcome to another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast with Eric and Jolene Engel, where Eric and Jolene answer marriage questions for believers, looking at the root of the problem instead of the symptom, always while applying God's wisdom and word for a Christ-centered marriage. Hi, this is Eric Engel with my beautiful wife, Jolene, for another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast. Uh, you will join Jolene and I in uh, part two of the 10 qualities of a godly wife. We had to split this up because it was so long. So let's just get back into it and we'll get going. Number five, she submits herself to God's word. She does. And, you know, it's kind of like, are you submitting yourself to God's word or to your emotions or to the culture or to your past? Because there's a lot of areas where we could say where we're going to submit. And you've got to be able to make sure you're submitting to A, the one who matters, and B, the one who is always right. Okay. Right. God's word is always right. And this is something that was on the men's list as well. Right. And I put it here for a reason. So it's Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And that part is key. You know, not leaning on your own understanding, because we do that. And because a lot of t- I think I think I know what's right. Right, and in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. So you're looking for God to guide you. I'm looking for God to guide me because I'm not that bright. Okay, I want God's will for my life, not my will. God's will be done, not my will. Okay, that's easy to say. It's a little harder to do, isn't it? Yes. It's very difficult to do because, as I said earlier, I'm my own little mini Messiah that it's just like, oh, well, Jesus is my Messiah. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. But my actions and attitudes will determine who is truly the Lord of my life. Okay. So when she submits herself to God's word, that means that God has said some things about marriage and about how being, what being a wife or a godly wife means. And most of the time... Well, I, all the time, it's contrary to what the wife's, I, not the wife, it's contrary to what the world says about it's contrary how, to what the world says. And then it's contrary to the advice you get from Christian friends. Right. right. Right? Right. And from the TV. Well, and the Bible is a pretty simple book, you know? The, the, the instructions that are laid out are simple. So if we could just have that childlike faith and say, yeah, I'm going to embrace that and watch what God does, it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense to us, Okay. Right. What what matters is, am I going to be obedient and, and follow Jesus? Well, you know, submitting yourself to God's word, I, in essence, that's following what God's word says. You know, and I think about putting something together, at least as a man, you know, I, I tend to look at the picture and go, okay, let me put this thing together. And I only go to, and read the instructions when I start screwing it up. Okay. <laughs> that's Maybe that's a man thing. Maybe that's just me. But... Uh, why don't we go to the instructions first and we won't get it wrong i can't answer why a man won't i could say as a woman my emotions could be so powerful so strong which is leading me i'm allowing my emotions to lead me more so than than the word of god or the holy spirit okay Okay. so emotions will deceive us Oh, yeah. I mean, the emotions deceived Eve, okay? She right. was deceived. Right. Because she wanted to be like God. I mean, there was there was so much there 
for her back in the garden that you know and and unfortunately a lot of a lot of women will and it's sad because they'll email me or they'll leave a comment on youtube or comment on my site saying well they're all arrogant these women will be so arrogant and say well just because some woman thousands of years ago was deceived doesn't mean that i'm going to be deceived and i start laughing i'm like because i said that just in that statement (laughs) shows that they're deceived And I ha- and I could remember reading that that portion in Genesis, thinking, "Well, just because Eve was deceived doesn't mean that I'm going to be deceived." It was arrogance and deception. Okay, so I've I've walked through that, and not only did I have that arrogant thought, but then later on I was deceived in other areas. Right. So I've just kind of learned, okay, just accept God's word. I don't need to argue with it. I don't need to argue with God's word. Well, once again. The premise that we talked about before is that if if you cannot speak anything into existence as God can, then I would submit that he is brighter than we are. Right, right. Okay? So number six, she watches over her household. She does. Proverbs 31, 27, and 28. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. You know, I often say that I'm at my post. There's a prioritization, you know, when I look at um, this portion that she watches over her household. There's a diligence there of okay. watching not just the pot of boiling water. What are you watching for? Okay, but I'm watching the hearts. I'm watching the hearts of the home. Okay. okay. So expound on that. I'm checking to see the pulse. You know, when my kids were little, I'm checking to see, are they learning? Am I training them? Are they understanding the way that I'm training them? Because I have an obligation and a responsibility to train them up, up in the ways of the Lord. Okay? okay? That is that is my responsibility as a Christian parent. Okay? Now, I could be lazy in it, and I have been lazy in it, and I think, oh, yeah, I was too lazy in that area, and I could see it in my kids today, or try and go back and be more diligent in it. But there's a diligence there and a responsibility of a wife to look at what is the tone of the home, okay? Because well, we hear the saying, mom sets the tone of the home. Right, and and you mentioned the diligence. So this is an ongoing, ongoing. ongoing thing of maintenance, making sure are the hearts right, are, are these... I'm like are, a watchman on the wall. Right. Okay? Right. And, you know, when my kids were younger, it was a little bit different than, you know, how they are today you know they noah will be well by the time this podcast airs noah might be 16 and seth 17 and we actually have another young man teen boy who lives with us that we've had for the last couple months now so my home is filled with testosterone boy <laughs> smell yeah yes <laughs> you know and i'm the one that's doing the nurturing of the hearts and I'm asking and I'm seeking where you at. And, you know, my sons will, they'll plead with me, mommy, can you go talk to daddy? You know, because I'm, I'm like the queen over here that they're petitioning, hey, go, go speak to the king on our behalf. Because, you know, the husband's usually a little more harsh. Right. Okay. And because I'm with the kids more than you, I'm understanding their hearts better than you do. So I could go to you and say, hey, you know, can you think about this? Can you consider this? Can you talk to him about this? His feelings were heard about that. And it's, it is an ongoing thing to making sure that the hearts are close to Jesus, the hearts are close to each other, and that the family unit is representing Christ. 
okay? Because a lot of people will look at that verse and just think, oh, well, the dishes are done and the laundry is cleaned. She's, she watches over the ways of her household. I take that verse totally different because I'm looking at... Well, the dishes and the wash, I mean, big deal. Well, but you know, it is a component. I understand it's a component, but when, when you compare that to the hearts of, of the family right. and of the husband and such, it's not a big deal versus i you know i'll take dirty dishes even though i i get tired of you know if there aren't any glasses but i'll take dirty dishes over over broken relationships in right. in the home right so i had to learn i had to learn that that people over you know stuff and order cuz i love order i could be full on ocd full on just <laughs> Well, you know, but then everyone in the household would be walking on eggshells. I think my dirty socks laying on the floor has <laughs> solved that problem, hasn't it? Or broken that? You know, that's where you just kind of learn to be gracious. And it's just like, is this is this something that I want to go to battle for? Hey, real quick, uh, when, when we're talking about number six, she watches over her household. Touch real quickly. What does that mean when the boy brings a girl home? <laughs> well... It's, I want to know about her. Sit down on the couch. Share that with me. How'd you meet her? Let me see her Instagram account. <laughs> I mean, I'm asking all those questions because he matters to me. Right. And I want to protect him. And I want to, I want to make sure, is she a moral woman? Okay. I wasn't a moral woman who then became moral. Right. Okay. But there was a transformation there. So I don't have a problem with a gal who has a past. I just need to make sure it's a past and not something that's still happening in the present. Right, but you're even watching for their outside relationships and not just their relationships oh, inside the home. Oh, sure, sure. The the young man who lives with us, you know. I We had a conversation with him the other day and I made a statement about, you know, would, would I, do you think that I, I would act towards my son's in a certain way and he said no you're very nurturing and i nearly fell off the couch because i'm like nurturing i would never think that that would describe my personality or my character because i've had to work on it it wasn't something that i just naturally embraced but you watch over your household i watch and, and he knows i watch over him now too because every time i see him when he comes home i'm asking him how are you feeling how's this how's that because i want to know about what's going on in his life okay number seven she does not quarrel <laughs> At this point, all the women who just heard this thought, well, you must be like sticking your yourself in a closet all day long and keeping your mouth shut because how because how do you develop? I am woman. Hear me roar. I know. And it's disgusting to like see how our culture is today. But that's besides the point. Um. Come on. Come back with me. Number seven. <laughs> she does not quarrel. Tell me about okay, it. Okay, Proverbs twenty one nineteen. Better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. There's three times in Proverbs that it refers to a contentious woman, and I didn't know what contentious meant as a Christian when I read that verse. Right. What on earth does that even mean? Right. I think you asked me. What What does that mean? I'm sure I asked you. I'm sure I probably looked it up. You know, I look up a lot of words right. because I'm like, I have no clue what they mean. And it's funny because people will Google that and it shows up on my search on my blog because I wrote something, the confession, uh, confessions of, of a former contentious woman. Right. Okay. Because that's who I was. 
And it means simply to contend, to argue, to oppose, to quarrel. You're always in a constant state of that fighting. You know, when you think about contending, I think about someone putting up their dukes. Okay? Right. Putting up your hands ready to fight. Right. So when you look at becoming a, a woman who's developing a character trait of one where she is not quarrelsome, I am sure that there are some young wives, millennial wives especially, that are just like, that. that's the most disgusting thing I ever heard because they think that they're losing, they're giving up their rights. Okay. Right. Well, and they don't have to contend to have influence. Okay. Right. Because if they fight, they they lose influence. Right. Okay. And they they've lose, lost their voice. They if, lose that favor. They've okay? lost their voice. I had a woman that I was mentoring for a while, and she kept saying to me when I said, "Well, you know, you're called to follow your husband," and she kept saying, "Well, does that mean I'm going to lose my voice?" And I and inside I would always like laugh in my to myself because I'm like, "Woman, you have no voice in the marriage. Your husband doesn't even want to be around you, so you have no voice." The voice that you're using today is repelling him. He doesn't want to be near you. And so her fear was, well, if I follow him, then that means I'm going to lose my voice. It's just like, do you not get it? It's it's the only way she's going to gain a voice. Right, right. So the more quarrelsome a wife is with her husband, and don't miss mistake what I'm going to say for you always agree with everything. Okay, because let me ask you, husband, do well, I always agree with everything you say? Uh, do you? Yes. <laughs> How am I supposed to answer that? Of course not. Of course not. You so, know, But this is, it says not quarrel, but the verse also uses the term contentious. Okay, so mm -hmm. it's more than just, it's not just having a disagreement that right. we don't agree, but it's contending. I'm going to fight you. It is, Bring do it. you have a you spirit know? of... Are an argumentative spirit all the time. Right. Okay. That you're just ready for a throwdown every second of the day with your guy. You know, because you got to prove something to him. Well, I'm smarter than he is. Right. Okay? Oh, I, yeah. He doesn't lead our family. Okay? Right. He, he's, he does this or that, you know. He's not, he doesn't provide well or he doesn't, want, he doesn't have a great relationship with the kids or he doesn't treat them right or right. you know so all these excuses he, he, he watches questionable shows that i don't agree with okay right i get all of those emails and comments and so it's just like well so what are you looking to do are you looking to just parent him and tell him he's wrong and fight with him because you could take that path or the other path is to influence him you know towards godliness well and the bible says and the Bible tells you clearly what a guy does, okay? But it says, it's better to dwell in the corner of a rooftop than it is with a quarrelsome wife or a contentious wife. Right. And, and at the time that was written, they would have like rooftop terraces, right. you know, with outside stairs that went up there. So it's like, I'm getting out of this house and I'm, go I'm gonna be separated, I'm gonna live apart from this gal because it's better for me to do that, you know, and guys will retreat. They will retreat. You know, you if you're an argumentative wife, the guy will just retreat. He'll end up in his recliner in the garage watching TV when it's 40 below zero, you know, and you're wondering, what's, what's he doing out well, there? Well, because the wife is probably always barking at him, telling him he's doing something wrong, he didn't take care of this, and how come you're always like that? And so you have that side that it, you want to start developing a different attitude there. 
you know, instead of having that quarrelsome, argumentative, contending with him, always opposing him attitude. Right. You know, this brings, I, I've mentioned this before, but I was, we were in a restaurant at one point and I saw a guy there that I knew and he's sitting at the bar and he's sitting there alone and it's dinner time. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's dinner time and he's sitting there alone and I'm thinking there's something wrong with his marriage because he didn't meet anyone. Right. But he didn't want to go home. Right. Okay. Because I'm sure that he had a contentious wife at home. Well, and it's, there's no effort to be contentious. We naturally default to that. That is our flesh sin filled state. Okay. Right. So you have to combat that by walking in the spirit and asking Jesus, help me to not be that woman today. I want to be that kind, accepting woman. You know, and you're not going to be perfect in this. This is all, like I said early on, this is not perfection. This is all progress. It's all growth. It's all becoming more like Jesus. Okay. Okay. So number eight, she's gracious. Yes. Proverbs eleven sixteen. a gracious woman gains respect. I thought that verse was awesome because as I write about biblical submission and respecting your husband, I can't even begin to tell you how many comments I get from angry women who say, well, what about him respecting me? Okay. And I'm thinking, girlfriend, just go be gracious. Be gracious and you'll gain respect. Okay. Right. But if you're critical, you're expecting you're, what you're dishing out, you're dishing out garbage. And for some reason, you think if you dish out garbage, he's going to bake a cake with it and hand it to you. It's like, why, <laughs> why would you think that? Why on earth would you think that? But they, they think that it's going to produce different results, that their actions and attitudes will produce these loving results. Well, and that and part of that goes back to being contentious because it's like I'm going to assert my rights, right? Okay, and uh, and being gracious, you know. Here's here's another um, another example. We had a couple that I don't remember what the guy did. He did something that she didn't like, but his intentions were right. He was trying to do something good, but he screwed it up. Mm-hmm. Okay, and she let him know, hey. You screwed this up. I don't like it. You didn't. That's not being gracious. No. Okay. Instead, she needs to look at him and say, hey, you know, he intended something good. It turned out bad. She should be gracious and and show him love towards what he tried to do. Right. You know, here's an example. We'll use this example is that. Let's say you had a child, you know, a three-year-old draws you a picture and comes and says, Mommy, I just drew this picture. You don't look at it and go, well, that's a crummy picture. I could, sh- I could do way better mm-hmm. than that. I mean, you're way outside the lines. You didn't use the right colors. I mean, who's this supposed to be? Is that yeah. supposed to be me? You know, but no, you don't do that. You mm-hmm. show that three-year-old grace. Right, because right, right. They, they did something in love and they tried to do something uh, for good, and there was no grace there. Well, and for some reason, I could look back in, in my journey of being that young mom, it was way easier, way easier for me to be gracious to my kids when they stumbled than to be gracious to you when you failed or faltered in some way. Why? You know, I. I don't know if it's just a mom thing. I, I, 
I don't know why. I don't know if it's because you realize a, you realize the child child's deficient, and you, <laughs> and you don't think the husband is. Hey, I, I got news for you. Me, yeah. All us husbands, we're all deficient. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we think that, but maybe there's a part of, okay, I'm shaping this child's life so they need more of our help, but then the flip side, the Bible calls you the head of the home and, and you're the spiritual leader of the home. So there's this idea that, oh, well, our children are going to naturally not measure up because they're kids and they're learning. But then on the, the other hand... We think that you guys should have arrived. I should have it all together. Right. By the way, let me tell you right now, I got it all together. Okay? <laughs> Let's just write that in the book right now. Well, they can't see that you're, you're the listener can't see that you're joking. So, <laughs> But yes, we, we're definitely a work in progress. And we won't arrive until we get to our destination, which is heaven. So... Um, I think that we always have to be mindful of that as wives that, you know, as we look at our husband, we think, how come you're not growing? But then it's so easy for me to say, well, why was I so critical to look at the fact that he's not growing? So obviously I'm not growing. If I'm that critical that I'm always looking at you saying, why aren't you growing, husband? Clearly there's there's a lack of character of myself because I have a critical spirit. Right. Okay, so number nine, she seeks wisdom. She does seek wisdom because she's in a powerful position. Proverbs thirty-one twenty-six. she opens her mouth with, with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. A wife is a husband's most trusted advisor. Okay. You are. I, I know that. Well, and here's, he, she either is or, or she isn't. isn't. Right. Okay? God and intended for her to be. Right. Because God created her as a helper right. to him. So right. if you're going to help me, I, uh, I will come to you and say, hey, I need help. What do you think about this? Right. You know, but if I bash you over the head all the time or throw a brick at you every time you ask my thought on something or if I'm always barking at you, you you're not going to come seek me out in any way, shape, or form. You're not interested in what I have to say. Okay. Right. So, but if I'm gracious, if I'm not are always argumentative and opposing you at every turn okay i'm seeking god's word i'm seeking to live for him i'm concerned about the hearts in the home then who do you want to come to because there's a gracious spirit and there's an understanding and if i'm accepted by you right i do want to come right come ask you so seeking wisdom um and a lot of wives do i i see this i do see that they will seek wisdom but that next step is not necessarily to be your husband's Holy Spirit, okay? Because that, that role is reserved for the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's a great point. And, and let me just expound upon that. Look, uh, you see your husband sinning, okay? You can go to him as a sister right. in the Lord and have that discussion because you're both heirs to the crown, okay? Right, right. You have that right. But it's another thing to parent the husband about about you know I mean once you once you approach him you can't keep nagging him and Mm-mm. saying hey you're doing this wrong you're doing that wrong you need to do this that's not very godly what you did I mean, because there's there's either a criticalness or there is a relation r- relational approach right okay and and being critical 
and being trying to be his Holy Spirit and convicting him of sin will never work. No, and you'll lose your voice real fast. Your influence will go out the window quicker than, you know. Okay. Number 10, she is humble. <laughs> Proverbs twenty nine twenty three, Pride ends in humiliation while humility brings honor. I've, I've eaten a lot of humble pie over the years. <laughs> Doesn't taste good. It never tastes good. Humiliation never feels good. It just doesn't. It just stinks on so many levels. So how can a wife be humble? How is she not humble? How is how can a wife not be humble and contrast the two? How can you, I don't know. I'm just not humble. I'm arrogant, prideful, self-centered. You know, I just look at that vileness. Okay, well, and we talked about, uh, I think women, a lot of women want to be acknowledged. Okay? Yes. So, so yeah. I, because I think... A lot of times they feel like they aren't they aren't acknowledged or they aren't doing a job they're doing a thankless job and they want to be acknowledged and they want to exalt themselves and and we want to be worshipped want to be worshipped yeah yeah we want to be worshipped I guess that's pride isn't it it is it's it's pride it's like my middle name I'd like to get rid of it but (laughs) the only way I could get rid of it is if I embrace humility and humility is it constant war with my pride. And so Lord's had to knock me down on my can a few times, so I will learn humility. Now, what I'd like to do is learn the lesson of humility without big trials, without big, you know, areas of refinement that the Lord will bring into my life. So what's, what's an area that a gal is not, uh, not humble in a lot of the time? Um, uh, for me, it would, it would, we as wives, we know that, okay, let's assume, I'm going to assume that the listener knows that the husband is the head of the home. Okay. Okay. Just that verse sticks in my craw, you know, it just is like, you know, that's just, that's tough to swallow. Okay. Because it's just like, well, why is he the head of the home? He doesn't know how to handle it. He doesn't know what's going on in the home. I'm in the home more than he's in the home. Why is he the head? Oh, all okay. those statements right there show a lack of humility, don't they? All of them. And so then as I went through all the years of my illness and I thought, praise God that I am not the head of the home because I can't even feed my kids. Can't even take care of them and give them a lunch. Okay, so I did not have the weight of the world on my shoulders. And I was very thankful that I don't bear that responsibility. Okay, I don't have those pressures, but we're at war. We want that control. We want to be in charge. But then the reality is, do you really, do you really, if everything was on your shoulders, do you really want to be in charge and then stand before the Lord and give an account of how you managed it? Did you do it? Did you lead like Jesus? Okay. And so those are things that I've learned. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not the head of the home. I could now say that because it's just like, there's a lot of freedom there. There's a lot of peace there that it's not all on me. So what can I do as a wife to be that helper that God has called me to be to allow you to be the man that God has called you to be, to lead the home, to have the vision, to lead us in the destination as a as a, mar- a, a couple and a family to honor God. Okay. So it's easier for me to take that position where I'm by your side and not the p- position where I'm out front leading. Okay. So that's number 10. 
Uh, obviously, there could be a lot more for women and men yes. uh, on both lists. But that concludes uh, what we wanted to do. And uh, you have any other final closing comments? No, I would just I would just kind of pick one. I mean, what it comes down to is you just allowing the Holy Spirit to speak into your heart and help you to cultivate that Christ-like character. And, and he'll point out, he'll say, okay, well, this is an area right here that you're struggling in, work on that. Well, and, and for the gal and for the guy uh, and the guys list, uh, there, might, there might be just one that like jumps out, mm-hmm. right? And the rest- Smacks them in the face. Right, <laughs> right. Or there might be a couple that's like, ooh, that hurts, or that ooh, hurts. that hurts. And, and when, it, when you feel that way, that is the Holy Spirit telling you, this is an area that is not right. Get it right with me, okay? Come to me. The Lord is asking you to go to him and for you to surrender that to him and to ask him, Lord, help me to walk um, in your truth. Help me uh, to decrease so you can increase. So if after listening to this podcast, anyone's offended by any one of those. That's that's, their issue. That's a good telltale (laughs) sign that that might be one that God's poking you on. Yes, and I could look at that whole list and say, God's poked me on all of them, you know, and that's okay because we're growing. We're, we're believers that are growing more and more like Jesus. Okay. So I see it as a healthy thing. I don't see it as, um, oh, what a bad thing that, you know, 10 out of 10, I have failed all of them. Does right. that make sense? Of course. So. You always make sense to me. <laughs> Well, hopefully we make sense to the listener because that's why we do this. I'm sure you, I'm sure we do. Okay. Anyway, I'm Eric Engel. And I'm Jolene Engel. And you can find me at JoleneEngel.com. You can get me at EricAndJolene.com. And until next time.